0: Greetings. Peace and love to you. Grace, mercy and forgiveness from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that is ever present and can dwell in you and does if you're a child of God. Pastor Josh here, Love Remember Church. Praying for the children of Uganda, the people of Uganda, God, God in heaven, God of the heavens and the earth, I pray, I pray for people everywhere, but today I'm especially praying for the people of Uganda. God, I pray that you would send them your peace. God, I pray that you lavish them abundantly, excessively with your mercy. The kind of mercy that humans don't even understand. And God, I pray that they receive your forgiveness, the forgiveness of all. I pray these things in Jesus name, amen. How you doing folks? Glad you're listening. I found a new Bible. Uh, website that I'm gonna read to you from and I'm gonna read you the Sermon on the Mount it starts in Matthew chapter 5 you can you can find reference to it in Luke also I think it's in chapter 6 but Matthew 5 1 lays it out and it lays it out for three chapter folks chapter five six and seven of the first book of the new testament of the holy bible and the sermon on the Mount's very interesting it is the clearest teaching to all mankind about who we ought to be and why again folks i'm reading out of the new living translation it is a translation from the mid 20th century of a godly man who sought to take an aging bible of a language in english language that was from the past and read it every day on his way to work and write it down paraphrasing it so it would be easier for his child to understand Jesus told us to be like a child one day as he saw the crowds gathering Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down his disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them this has since been named the beautitudes God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called children of God God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right for the kingdom of heaven is theirs God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot is worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. The same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Do not misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, Unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will, not, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's go ahead and stop here, folks. We're just going to go over it real quick. God is telling us that we can be blessed through hardships in life. He talks about being poor and poor in spirit in other translations meaning you know that no matter what that you your soul is in great need that usually comes from suffering like the next line when you mourn god is ever present and if you believe in him and know that you're in great need and you have loved another so much so that you are full of grief, distressed in mourning. God will comfort you. The Bible says the joy comes in the morning and oftentimes it means the next season or chapter of our life. God loves a humble heart. If you think much of yourself and you don't think you need God, God will leave you to figure it out. But if you're humble and you're in great need and you have love for others, it says that you will inherit the earth. He'll give you everything. God gives you grace, mercy, forgiveness, peace, joy. Not happiness, joy. They're different. God blesses people who yearn and want and desire justice. That means to want things to be right. Right to all. Do you yearn and hunger for justice? Does injustice make you thirst for what's right? It says that you will be satisfied. And I can't imagine anything more satisfying than heaven. There's no pain or suffering of any kind, never any tears, nobody ever dies, there's no grief or mourning. Heaven is perfect, folks, and I believe when we get there, we will be satisfied forevermore. God blesses you if you show mercy, and He will show mercy on you. God blesses a pure heart, have restraint, do what is morally right and you will see God God blesses peacemakers make peace make peace with your family make peace with your past move forward from it and walk in love and you will be called a child of God God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right no matter what the cost God expects us to do what's right and the kingdom of heaven will be yours. God blesses you when people do wrong things to you because you love what's right, because you love God, and because you love others. And God tells you to be happy because you have him. And your great reward awaits you in heaven. When God talks about being salt, he wants, salt has flavor. If you just eat boiled rice, it's really blah. And it needs flavor. When you are a child of God and you walk in love and you make peace, with others because you love them and you show them grace and you show them mercy and you show them forgiveness and you're kind to others and you love others, you bring a flavor of life to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your job, to your community. God says you are the light of the world when you put your faith in him. Like a city on a hilltop lit up at night. You can see it from far away. You can see a city from space when it's lit up at night. When you walk in love because you love God. And you walk in love with others around you. With your smile and your joy and your hope and your love. But the greatest of these is love. You are a light to the world. And even if that light only shines to one person, it's worth it if you reach them with the love of God. When you do good deeds, people will see. When you walk in love, when you have hope, when you lift others up and build them up spiritually out of love, in your community, everyone will praise God because you're humble and you're blessed to be humble and know that you need God and they will be blessed by you, knowing you, seeing you, and they will praise God. Jesus didn't come to destroy what had been written already the old testament of the bible he came to fulfill it with his gospel the good news and that good work will be done till the tribulation and even in the tribulation god will do a mighty work here on Earth, CN Times folks, a lot of people talk about it. We are living in the last days. It has been the last days since Christ ascended to heaven, and the world has fallen into darkness, and the prayers of the saints have brought revival. and nobody knows when the last days are. Only God the Father in heaven knows. Let's continue reading, folks. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not nur- murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. Listen close. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you called someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, you do, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice on the altar and go reconcile to that person. Then come offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to the court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown in prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. This is important, folks. It's talking about sin in the mind. It's talking about anger and it's teaching us something. That if you want to kill somebody and you're so angry at them that you could, or you think you would, or you want to. That is every bit. is filthy to God. It's a sin. I mean, I'm sure it's worse if you go out and do it. Don't kill people, folks. It's not nice. Love each other. But he's going to go on to tell us a little bit further that if you lust after someone with your eyes and your body... And you're married. It's adultery. See, sin occurs in the mind, folks. And if you hate someone or you're angry with someone, you're wishing wicked things on someone or hoping bad things happen to others, that's a sin. And then he talks about making a sacrifice to God. If you are sinning against God in your mind with the way you think and feel and wish and hope for others wicked things, your, your sacrifice doesn't mean anything. Why are you even sacrificing to God if you're not following Him? But if somebody has something against you and they're malicious and they're trying to get you in trouble or get you thrown in jail, be quick to agree with them. The Bible says to discern and that's to make sound judgment and not everybody is in your best interest. So don't be deceived. Being a Christian means walking in love. But it also means being smart, making sound judgments to discern who to love, how and when. I mean, we got to love everybody. But that doesn't mean you become your enemy's best friends. See, it's going to go on to teach us about adultery here. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown in hell. And if a hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better that you lose one part of your body than your whole body be thrown into hell. Folks, this is important. We don't want to walk in sin. We don't want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. We all have. We're all sinners. We've all done wrong things. Sin even occurs in the mind. If you've ever thought sin but not acted on it, you're still a sinner. And everybody's thought something sinful or wicked at some point. Even children. Do you have more than one children? Yeah, they're not always nice to each other, are they? Neighbors aren't always nice, are they? Bosses aren't always nice. Landlords aren't always nice. You know, sometimes police aren't nice. Sometimes politicians and lawyers and doctors aren't nice. Anybody, everybody can be not nice. And especially in our thoughts. So that's sin, folks. Don't. You know, and, and and God's not telling you to gouge out your eye and cut off your hand. He's saying whatever part of you, whatever part of your nature that desires sin, because folks, sin is deceiving. It can feel good. It can trick you into thinking it's good. And that you might start becoming prideful and thinking that you're right for doing it. Folks, cut that out of your life. Walk away from it. Sin is bad. Let's continue. We're going to talk about divorce. You've heard the law says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commit that divorced woman also commits adultery. Folks, God intended for one man and one woman to become one in a covenant, a promise, a union becoming one in the covenant or promise of marriage. And he wants us to take this seriously. No, he doesn't want you to stay with an abuser. You got to be safe. He tells both people to love and respect each other and not to sin against each other. And the only reason the Bible gives for a justification or someone to be right to be divorced is when their spouse... Has been caught cheating on them, and they know for sure that that their spouse has done that. That's the only reason, folks. Uh, divorce is bad. I mean, you know that's that's why that's why God tells us marriage should be the way that it is. You should wait, and you should be sure, and you should be in love. Not in, ooh, I think this is going to be like a fairy tale kind of love and you expect everything's going to be perfect. But like you love that person so much that you would make any sacrifice and commit to a lifetime of sacrifices and suffering. He uses the term long-suffering. Some people call it patience. No, in a marriage, there's suffering in life. And if you get married, yes, there will be suffering in your marriage. You got to be committed you gotta be sure because God wants us to love 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 one another with the utmost honor and respect that we would be godly in our relationship with them and our family from them you have also heard that our ancestors were told You must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you made to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say be heaven because of heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. And do not even say by my head, For you cannot turn one hair black or white. Just say a simple, yes I will, or no I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. Folks, always pause, pray. When you give an answer and you say you'll do something, do it. When you say no, I won't, you... You're free. You don't have to. You have heard the law say the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. I'm going to stop right here. Folks, don't allow violence. All right? That's not what this is saying. A slap used to be considered an insult. If somebody calls you names, do not engage them. You don't have to call them names or act like they are behaving. Be better than that. Ignore them, walk away. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. You know there's a saying i've had for a long time man sometimes other people just need my stuff more than i do and it's true god will provide or god guides god will provide if a soldier demands that you carry his gear a mile carry it two miles in other translations it asks if a friend asks you to go a mile then go two we have a saying for that it's called go the extra mile If you have a friend, somebody that you are fond of, that you love like a brother or a sister, and they ask something of you, and you are capable of it, don't just do what they asked. Be a good friend like a brother or a sister and do extra beyond what they ask if you're able give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. If you have something to give you should share it with someone out of love. And if you have something to loan to someone who and you can loan it, and you believe that they will pay you back, you're giving to God. But don't be foolish, folks remember judge and discern for yourself you're free from the law you've heard the law say love your neighbor and hate your enemy but i say to love your enemies pray for those who persecute you in that way you will be acting as true children of our father in heaven For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect. Folks, love your neighbor, love your enemy, and love them different. There are different, there are so many different kinds of love. I don't even think there's enough words in every language on the planet to describe everything that love can be. I love a burrito. I love my internet when it works. I love the radio when it's playing a song that I didn't know I needed to hear. I love each one of my five children differently. And differently than that, the one we lost. And differently than that, the two grandsons I never knew that are lost. I love my wife differently than I love the neighbors next door. I love my truck much differently than I love the old skateboard in the garage. Uh, Folks, love everybody. Like I said, use sound, godly judgment and discern. But I say love your enemies. Pray for those who are against you. Pray for those who wish to take from you or destroy what you have or hurt you or even kill you. Pray for their souls. Pray for them to be changed and transformed by the love of God to be more like Him and less like them now. Be a child of God. And if you're only good to people that are good to you, well, then you're just like your enemies. Anybody can do that. That's called loyalty. I know a lot of people think loyalty is a great word. I prefer the word faithful. And I'll tell you why. Cause God is faithful and I want to be more like him, you know? And if you're only good to people that are doing something for you, well, as soon as they stop, you're not going to be good to them anymore. And I, I, I don't believe that's faithful at all. And I don't believe that rings true to what most people perceive loyal to be either. So, and when God, when Jesus told us from the sermon on the mound, but you are to be perfect. Even as your father in heaven is perfect. Well, we can't never be perfect. That's why we need God. But as you learn about his word, and as you think about it, and chew on it, and wrestle in your mind, and really wonder and pray. Pray, folks. Pray about the word of God and know God. And it's not that we will ever be perfect. We will someday in heaven with our glorified bodies. We will be a perfect spirit in heaven before we get our glorified bodies. And someday in heaven with our glorified bodies, we will rule and reign with him because he will perfect us. That is his promise. The father in heaven is perfect. And we want to be like him because Jesus is the only begotten son that the father who loved the world so much sent to die on that cross after a perfect life and a perfect ministry that has reached more hearts and minds throughout the ages and the millennials than any other word any other man he was fully man and he was fully God came to be your servant to save you to change you and make you more like God by their spirit in you the spirit of the father and the spirit of the son can dwell in you and we ought to know him better that we could act more like him. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Brian, in Kampala, Uganda. Uh, we were messaging the other day. And, you know, I, I, I'd i shared a, a commentary, uh, a, a quote from a book uh, about a verse. And, and I told him, you know, because it rings true for me, that if you take time to just sit and think, about how great God is, that he knows everything about everyone. And he wants to be gracious to us and tenderly merciful and shower us with abundant forgiveness forevermore and fill our hearts with his love and peace. How great is he? I like to just, and I told him, I said, man, if you just sit around and think about what you've heard about God's love and and just kind of think about it and meditate about how awesome that is compared to any human alive ever, except for Jesus, his son, you know, it will strengthen your spirit and your conscience to want to and guide you to do the right thing for the right reasons. Man, that's powerful. Powerful, amazing, wonderful, awesome stuff, folks. I want to go ahead and give you guys a moment the gospel of Jesus Christ is this God loved every human being that has ever been conceived so much so that he would send his son who is one with him earth to live as a man to empty himself of everything he was to be a servant a slave a bond servant the lowest person in society that he would serve us by giving us the good news of who God is And to take the blame for everything we've ever thought that was wicked wrong sinful evil thing every bad horrible malicious hurtful gossip or rumor or curse we have ever said in words out of our tongue and every behavior act or deed that offends God and hurts others and he forgives us and he took that punishment being sinless and blameless for all humanity on the cross and he rose again on the third day and he conquered the grave he conquered death to prove that we can too go where he goes when we die if we would receive him in our hearts by repenting and inviting his spirit the Holy Spirit after the baptism of fire it's not something you can see it's not a dunk underwater when you truly and genuinely and sincerely love Jesus and confess that you're a sinner and that you believe in him and what he did for you and you call on him you will will be saved so wherever you are cry out to god believe in the name of jesus and become a child of god and if you're not there that yet that's okay keep hope alive hope is alive and hope is the evidence of faith you will get there you will get there keep listening let us pray God, I pray for the people of Uganda and all out in the region of the heart of Africa and out to all of Africa, that they might be reached with your love, peace, grace, mercies, and forgiveness. That they might be changed. Changed In their heart in their spirit and in their soul by renewing their mind by getting to know you in word prayer and works and I say these things in the name of Jesus my Lord my God the Messiah the Christ amen pastor Josh here from love remember church in Kampala Uganda Grace, peace, and love, but mostly love. My love and prayers be with you. And God the Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.